Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Battle here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield from the Nebraska State Fairs. We continue this week. Lots of livestock moving in, and that means lots of market talk happening as well as folks stop by our booth here. We're going to talk about a variety of things. Really, at this point, are we worried about crop size? And, and what is the focus of these traders as we get closer to the harvest? We know weather's been talked about, but negativity at this time, is that what we should be expecting pre-harvest in the upper Midwest? Not only to fa- uh, factor in that all that's been going on with the damage from Hurricane Ida and all the unknowns that we have out there. We're going to talk about all that and more with Aaron Bertels. Aaron is with Crossroads Marketing. So let's start out. I haven't heard producers really talking crop size, but you do see that chatter out there about what the potential is. And at this point, you're saying it's really not that big of a a market mover. Yeah, I don't believe so. I think that you're going to still find a lot of people concerning themselves with, you know, how big is this yield going to be? And for good reason, it's, we have a tight carryout, you know, and in this situation, any bushel one way or the other is going to make a pretty big difference. But I think overall, most people feel at this point, really the big money that's moving the market around probably realizes that it's not a disastrous crop that we have on our hands. It's not a gigantic crop at this point. It's probably within a bushel or two bushels of where they currently have it right now. And that's not really enough to, to change people's direction or thought process, you know, as to, to where the price of corn should be. So they move their focus more to the demand side right now, which especially for corn is pretty slow. You know, exports have been very slow compared to, to what we saw early last year. I know we have a very good start because they've already bought a lot of stuff this summer, but we've already priced all that stuff in. You know, that's factored in at this point. So I don't know that the price needs to go uh, really low from here, but I think it's just going to be really hard to gain any momentum to the upside. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is we're coming into September and we have the supply-demand report coming up again. So there will be some discussion as you move forward through this week and the beginning of next as to you know what that yield is going to do. Because this will be the first report now that they will have actually been out into the field. So whatever your opinion is on that, you know, August previously they had gone out into the field. They stopped doing that this year. Uh, this September report would now be the first time that they're going to do that. So you look at that, and, and what type of pressure could we see leading up to that September report? I think it depends. I think you're going to see a little bit of selling pressure here just because of the demand side of this. But, you know, days like today, I mean, you go down to levels that you probably should take three or four days to get to, and you do it in one, right? So then you see some buying power coming off that because there is still plenty of reason to be concerned that the yield could get smaller from here. We've had some pretty good weather events in certain places, uh, people just overall may believe that, you know, the, the finishing weather for this crop wasn't very good in a lot of places. So they may think that that's going to have a bigger impact. We won't know a lot of that stuff till even well after this report, right, um, until you start really getting into to harvesting some of this crop. But I think that's going to be the, the, the bigger point is where does the market go in between now and the time that they really start to concern themselves about what that yield is going to be as you go into the September report? And really, there was no fireworks in yesterday's crop progress report. I mean, it was pretty uneventful in itself. Yeah, nothing. I mean, in this time of year, uh, you know, I'm not a huge proponent of the crop condition ratings anyway. I just don't know how much they really tell you. Uh, This time of year, they tell you even less, right? And I think that for the most part, people uh, discount them heavily this time of the year. I know a lot of people that don't even put them in their, um, you know, crop prediction uh, you know, analysis that they do at this time of year, just because it gets really difficult uh, for those numbers to adjust that much. So 
I don't look at those too closely once you get to this point. And again, you know, this is that time of the year where other things start to take importance. Um, and the only things that sway us from focusing on demand and stuff this time of the year is if you get a big surprise in one of these reports, right? You get a big yield surprise, which to me at this point, it's going to have to be something that's more than, you know, two bushels, let's say one way or the other to really impact us more than a day or two after that information comes out. You talked about the weather event, and obviously we saw some nice showers move through again last night. Some areas, unfortunately, may be getting a little bit too much rain, and a lot of guys saying, I'm done irrigating. But for the beans, could this rain be a helping factor? Oh, I think so, for sure. Yeah, and I think the trade will will look at it that way, too. Now, we're... We are obviously getting some benefit from bean demand, but it's it's normal for this time of the year, and it's not more than than would already be expected for this time of the year. But yeah, I think you you will see people seeing some benefit from from being in certain areas. Right? I mean, there's going to be certain places that it's too little, too late, um, you know. But there is going to be plenty of areas that are seeing a, a good amount of you know benefit from this on their bean crop, and I think the trade will take that into account for corn. I think they're pretty well done. You know, they're not looking at at this weather for corn at this point in, I'd say, most areas across the Midwest. What about Hurricane Ida? I mean, we don't know a lot about what damage is out there, but what are you hearing from some of the different entities down there at the ports? Yeah, you haven't heard a whole lot early on. I know Cargill came out right away this morning, uh, made some comments about damage at at one or maybe two of their plants um, on the Mississippi. Uh, So that will obviously slow a lot of things down going that direction. Uh, a lot of the other uh, bigger companies, Bungie, ADM, haven't really reported that I've seen, um, haven't really reported the conditions of some of their plants down there. And you and I talked before. I I don't know, you know, what this will will mean all in all, even if there is damage there. I think, you know, short term, it's bearish because things can't get out the way that they need to. Longer term, maybe it's friendly because those things will all be bunched up and they'll need to get moving. But uh, we'll wait to see in the coming days what else comes out as far as damage goes. You know, I heard optimistic from one producer here at the State Fair. He says, well, the good news is this hurricane didn't come in the middle of the Midwest harvest. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I, I have heard some positive things about some of the things they did post-Katrina that, you know, benefited places like New Orleans and stuff during this storm. So those are good, but obviously there's still a lot of places that are um, catastrophic. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Nebraska State Fair. A lot of red on the screen like we saw in the grains, a lot of red on the screen as well in the livestock. We're going to find out what's been happening as we continue. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Nikki or Haley Bombsberger. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue to talk to you from the Nebraska State Fair as we get comments on these markets from Aaron Bertels. Aaron is the Crossroads Marketing. So as we left, we were kind of talking about all the different weather and factors that are happening. And, and I think to come back and start the second half, it's a great idea to be talking about this conversation that you're going to be having with your clients. And that's really, you know, how do we move forward? What are we going to be doing this fall? And how much is fall basis going to be an influence into what we see in our marketing plans. Yeah, I think it depends on your situation, right? I mean, if you forward sold and you only did HTAs, futures, things like that, so that you could, um, you know, evaluate the basis and, and, you know, lump bushels or whatever, then you do need to be thinking about, you know, what needs to go in fall? What what can I store? When am I going to deliver it? I mean, it's that time of year now to start getting that stuff done before you're going to get busy, right? And it's going to happen very quickly. So, 
you know, I'll be going out and talking to guys about, you know, let's talk about our, our fall delivery plan. Let's talk about what needs to go, you know, to the elevator out of the field um, or just straight to our bins and then straight to uh, the elevator from there. And do we need to lock basis in on that stuff? Um, the last couple of years, it's paid to not do anything just because the demand's been strong. We've had crops that have gotten a little bit smaller as you've gone in. And, you know, the the basis has gotten better um, as you've you've waited. Right. I don't know if that will be the case uh, again uh, because the demand hasn't been as strong right now. It's always going to be beneficial if you can put it in your bin and then wait and not deliver it until, you know, December or after if you're looking for basis pushes. But that's obviously not everybody's situation. So I, I'm always going to side on the fact that fall bushels just have less opportunity uh, if they need to go to the elevator in fall and you need to be looking ahead to try to get some stuff locked in um, and just doing the best job you can about where it's going to go and, and what basis you can get. But it's certainly in the back of my mind that, you know, we've had several instances the last couple of years where it's gotten better throughout that entire time. And I think it'll have a lot to do with what the futures price is at that point, right? If it's still high, uh, you know, five and a quarter and above or five and above and guys that don't sell forward can just sell, then they're probably going to go ahead and do that, which is going to hurt basis all around. If the price drops below that, which I really think is less likely, um, then it, you know basis may be strong just to entice people to go ahead and price those bushels instead of putting them in the debt. So either way, I think you've got to sit down and start thinking about that. What are you going to do? What, what bushels need to go? And, and what risks do I have on, on whether I set the basis on those or don't? And that's why we always have that statement, especially when we're looking at, at the grain bids, is subject to change without notice. And I think that's such a heavy-weighted statement that things yes. could change depending on how fast this information comes in and how, how quick the numbers change on crops. Yeah, it's, and you know something like this, you have to make choices or you're going to get pinned into a corner, right? I mean, it, you've got these bushels that have to get sold then. They have to go in the fall. There's no other choices. So you either take it there and you start paying storage or you just get it done, right? And you get it done at a price that is better than what it might be if they start getting what they want and then you have to make a choice, right? So I think that's just what you have to get in your head is there's certain bushels that just don't have the same opportunity as other bushels. And, and these especially ones that have to go to town right now are those bushels that just don't have the same opportunity. Let's turn the page and go over to the livestock side, Aaron. And I know these, this cattle market has continued to struggle and it doesn't even matter what happens on the grain side of things. Yeah, and it's been this way all year, right? Where you go and you make new highs, it looks very strong. It looks like you could make another really good move, and then you have a failure. And I think this is just going to kind of be the way it continues to go here. As we, we make good prices, cash doesn't quite fall along, but cash stays strong, keeps getting a little bit stronger. So I, I don't think this thing's going to fall apart. I don't think it's going to totally, you know, uh, go away or make new lows. I think that we're going to continue this grind up here. Uh, but that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a grind. Uh, rallies like we saw last week are going to be for selling. I wish I could convince myself of that sometime <laughs> more often. Um, but you're going to need to sell on those things. And you, you, you're going to have opportunities like this where it maybe is a chance that you can get back in um, and, and not do anything if you have cattle that are going. Because it's probably going to bounce back out of this, in my opinion. So I just think we're going to be continuing on this this grind up. Feeder cattle may be something that's a little bit different, especially if corn gets weak. I think there's some some decent potential in the feeder cattle market with some of the numbers the way that they are. 
um, as you move into next year. But it's not going to be these big explosive things that we got kind of used to on corn and beans this year, right? It's it's going to be more of a grind um, following the rest of the markets. Well, I think that million-dollar question is how long can the sluggishness continue and how long are we going to see it affect the cash trade? Yeah, and I think you're looking at going into next year. I think it's it, it coincides with the stock market here a little bit, right? I mean, as long as people have the money and as long as you see people buying and the demand continues to be good, which it has been, um, we're going to continue to see that grind continue. And it's going to take a while for us to replenish these numbers from some of these uh, places that have had some bad weather. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.